0: Welcome to the Arizona Ford Dealers Maroon Monsoon, brought to you by Arizona Ford Dealers. Visit BuyFordNow.com and Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Gila River bleeds maroon and gold and is Arizona's official sports headquarters. Now, here's your host, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy.
1: Good evening, everyone, as we welcome you to the Maroon Monsoon, the Sun Devil Radio Network's weekly half-hour-long show that spotlights Arizona State University Athletics. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Athletics, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to this evening's broadcast. Just so you know, there are several different ways you can check out tonight's show. You can listen on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM, You can live stream the show through the ASU page on the Arizona Sports app. And in addition, if you want to see the show, you can check out our Facebook live stream on the Sun Devil Athletics Facebook page. This is my 23rd season serving as the radio uh, play-by-play broadcaster for ASU football, men's basketball, and baseball. And I'm happy to say that two of those three sports are represented on our guest list for tonight's show. And the other sport will be featured on next week's edition of the Maroon Monsoon. When the coronavirus pandemic shut down intercollegiate athletics early last March, Sun Devil baseball found itself ranked in the national top 10 with a team many observers felt was good enough to make it to the College World Series. With several key players from that team now having started their pro careers, what kind of team will Arizona State have in 2021? And what kind of season can we expect to see in college baseball with our nation still uh, still dealing with COVID-19? Well, ASU head coach Tracy Smith will drop by in the second half hour of tonight's show to share his perspectives and talk Sun Devil and college baseball with us. We begin this evening, however, by talking Sun Devil football with one of the newest members of Herm Edwards' coaching staff at Arizona State. With two weeks of practices now in the books, the Sun Devils are a little more than two weeks away from the coronavirus-delayed opener of the 2020 football season, November 7th, at USC. And here with us tonight to share with us his insights on the team and on his position group in particular is a gentleman who came to Arizona State last February after spending the last five years as an assistant coach for the nfl's minnesota vikings a one-time western athletic conference defensive player of the year in 2004 at utep he also has college coaching experience working with the linebackers at his alma mater at arizona state he's in charge of the sun devil's defensive lineman a group that figures to play a key role in the devil's hopes for success in 2020 a native of the beautiful west texas town of el paso we're delighted to welcome Coach Robert Rodriguez to Tempe, to Arizona State, and to tonight's edition of the Maroon Monsoon. How you doing this evening, Coach? Uh, I'm jealous. You're parked out in your backyard where the weather's gorgeous, and uh, you're, I think you're the first guest we've had
2: this year to do it outside. That's awesome. Hey, I'm, I'm privileged to say that. You know, I was living in Minnesota the last five years. I, I didn't have this type <laughs> of luxury, so I'm making the most of it. Me and my family spend a lot of time outside, especially on these summer nights. They're awesome.
1: Indeed. You know, you accepted your job here at ASU, I think it was in early February, and then about a month later, the COVID-19 pandemic hits the United States, shutting down intercollegiate sports all across the country. Uh, What a challenging transition that must have been for you and your family, your wife Holly and your sons Caleb and Jesse, as you were relocating to Arizona. What was that experience like for you, Robert?
2: It was tough, but I got to tell you, if I wasn't working for Herm Edwards, it would have been a lot tougher. You know, he immediately, once this thing started appearing like it was going to be, we were all going to have to quarantine and we're going to have to remote and do this remotely, the first thing Herm did was take me into his office and say, go home, get back to Minnesota, be with your family, and we will work around your schedule that way. And so I attended all the coaching staff meetings. I was actually the first one, me and uh, Michael Fletcher, were the first ones to leave and start doing things remotely, so uh, I got to tell you, it was difficult. It was challenging. Obviously, I was living in Central Time, working on Pacific Time, Arizona Time, and mm-hmm. uh, but the two-hour difference was difficult. But I got to tell you, seeing my kids and my wife on a daily basis was a it was a blessing. And, and now, having moved here full time and been here full time, I look back and and realize that that part of it really helped a lot with my mental health. And, uh, again, just the optimism of what's going to happen in the future. We're so excited to get here. and it's made it all better because I was around my family.
1: You had a great job in the NFL working for a respected organization like the Vikings. Uh, What factors led you to come this way? I think you mentioned two words that played a big part, Herm
2: Edwards. (laughs) You know, it's funny. uh, There's so many people in that building that had worked with Herm Edwards, uh, with him, for him, and the best part was the stories of the things that aren't reported by the media, the things that he did on a personal level for scouts and for uh, Coach Zimmer's secretary, worked for him and actually knows uh Coach Herm and his wife and just came into my office and said, I'm so happy for you because you're going to be working for the best guy in all of sports. So having been in the NFL, I've met a lot of people that know Herm. I haven't met anyone who doesn't love him. And I didn't say like, I said love. They love Herm and it's all proven true uh, you know he's a great coach uh but as a man he's he's on another level and so that was a big one and you know the second one was things were changing in minnesota um i was really starting to take on a role with a lot of responsibility but you know i never got the chance to do my own thing and, and really run my own room it was a chance for us to branch out as a family we were ready for for our time and our time to go out there and and and, and branch out and, and be part of our own room. Do it my way and uh, you know, new adventure. I, I had no intentions of coming to the college game. I, I would have been in the NFL forever if I could. Uh, but w- this opportunity was different. Not just with Herm, with Marvin, uh, Antonio Pierce, just well respected in the league and all throughout football. And then to live here. And, and I just said that you know when I came, I was like, hey, we get to live in the area. We get to live in the Phoenix area. We get to live in Arizona. And I didn't understand how awesome that'd be because my family is through the moon that we live here, and I'm through the moon that I get to work in that facility every day with those guys.
1: Indeed. You know, so much has been made of the NFL-type model and organizational structure. Sun Devil Football is built under Coach Edwards, and you come from the National Football League. What's your take on that model and how it's worked here at ASU?
2: I think it's such a great mix. You know, the thing about uh, the NFL is... You know, there's so much dedication to the game and so much detail involved in what we do. And it really becomes a great chess match. It's very exciting. Coaching matters, uh, the details of the game matter. And so there's just so much that you have to invest into the game in order to survive. Now, I'm not saying about thrive, I'm talking about just to survive in that league. And uh, those who are not evolving and constantly watching the game and thinking about new and innovative ways to do it, they they can't survive. And so that mentality taken into the college uh, game is really exciting. But also having guys, you know, like the young guys like Prentice and Hawk and even Antonio, who's fully invested into the recruiting part of it, it's really cool to mesh those two worlds together and have the best of, of both of them. And so I think we provide for our student athletes. Literally, our players get the best of both worlds. They get to be college athletes at this great university, this awesome place, uh, but their education and their education in football are second to none. So the knowledge that they get get to receive is just, it's unbelievable. How would
1: you describe your coaching style?
2: Well, you know, I have a high standard So that needs to be established as, I guess, I'm not hard to please, but I guess it's uh, the first thing that we base it on is honesty. I think the thing that I try to do is be genuine to my players. Um, you know, I'm not one of those coaches that tries to adjust everything to my players, but I understand that our technique uh, is for everybody, but everybody is unique. They're motivated by different things. And so you know, when people say players coach, you know, I don't really want to put it in that way. I'm a, I'm a teacher first and foremost. Um, I hope I put forth a great example of how to work and how to care about your team before self. Um, but my coaching style is about knowledge and being a teacher, being available to my guys and doing whatever it takes to make them successful. You know, recruiters, you get a guy, you sign him, you bring him there. If he succeeds, Hey, I brought him here. If he doesn't, Hey, he was a five-star when I brought him here, you know, but mm-hmm. coaches like true coaches are teachers and, and they're not successful till that guy succeeds. And, and that's where I see myself. I want to see all my players succeed to the highest level want to make the average players good the good players great and the great players the best and um, that's my drive every single day I'm invested in my players I'll teach them everybody learns differently but before anything I'm, I'm a teacher
1: now when you joined the program Robert you became ASU's sixth different defensive line coach in the last six years what did you have to do when you got here to quickly gain the confidence of the young men in your position room
2: you know, I think it's like any new coach. Um, you know first and foremost, I wanted to show them through my work ethic and my attention to detail, what I could provide that was special to all the the previous coaches that had come before me. And I also shared my experience with them. You know, I was at UTEP, and um, I was having a good start to my career and then had a little uh, was benched uh, in my career. I was a freshman American, was benched, had just gotten my spot back and then the whole coaching staff was let go and i was scared i remember that feeling that fear that i had i'd done all that work to get back to the spot and i was all gone they hired mike price mike price showed up and i was i was scared i said this guy's been the national coach of the year he's been the sec pack pack 10 at the time he's not going to want a guy that looks like me you know he's going to want a bigger bigger middle linebacker and the first thing mike price said to me was he pointed at me just like this and said is that, my, is that my middle linebacker? Are you my middle linebacker? And I just remember the charge of energy that went through my system. And he got the most out of me. Him and his coaching staff got the most out of me. I played my best football as a defensive player of the year. And my entire football life from then on took a jump because I played for that man. He never treated me like somebody else's player. He treated me like his player. I was his player. And he always came through for me, and I'll never forget that. And so my charge for them, I, I walked in and said, listen, you're my guys. You're nobody else's. I don't care who recruited you. You guys are my guys. And I'm not going to say, oh, I'm waiting for my players to get here. No, no, no. You guys are my players. I've been in your seats, and I know what it's like for a coach to say, you're my guy. They you got the best out of me. And just like that, you know, maybe the sixth coach is the best coach. Maybe I'm the coach that's going to bring out the best in you and be the guy to change your life. How do you know that? You don't know that until you invest fully. So I asked them to jump into the pool with both feet. Don't dip your toe in the water. Jump on in. And I'm doing the same. You're my guys, and I'm investing in you. And I'm not waiting for next year. I'm not waiting for somebody to walk in and, and save me as a coach. I believe in myself as a coach. I believe I can bring out the best in you guys. And I challenge them to, to jump all in. I think they've done that. And we've made huge strides with these guys. You know, a bunch of guys I think they're like whip puppies because everybody's telling them how they didn't do this and didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Guys from other positions. And to see them start to excel, start to get it, they've given me everything they got from day one. And I hope that's the feeling, that's the consensus with those guys. Maybe the sixth coach was the best coach. Maybe that's the coach that made the difference. And so these things all happen for a reason. I'm not some the coaches before me are all good coaches, all of them. Uh, My intention is to fight hard enough for these players where they feel like I'm the best one. I'm the one that changed their life.
1: Well, these Sun Devil D linemen are now Robert Rodriguez's guys. And coming up, we're going to have Coach uh, give us thumbnail sketches of his men on the D line. Purchase one Coors Light 12-pack or larger or one Coors Seltzer 12-pack and any 7.7-ounce bag of Circle K Favorites chips at your local Arizona Circle K. And then text HOMEGATE to 313-313 with register receipt. To enter to win a grand prize Coors Light RV home gate experience, as well as other prizes, visit your local Circle K to get all the details. We're just getting started on tonight's edition of the Maroon Monsoon. Don't forget, ASU head baseball coach Tracy Smith will join us shortly. But up next, we'll continue our Sun Devil football conversation with Robert Rodriguez, who will give us his scouting report on the Sun Devil defensive lineman he'll be coaching this year. But first, let's take a break here on the Sun Devil Radio Network.
0: You're listening to the Arizona Ford Dealers Maroon Monsoon. Now, back to our host, Tim Healy.
1: Hey, Sun Devil fan! join us between November 6th through the 8th to chase down football season with the inaugural Sparky's Race to Kickoff Virtual 5K and Fun Run. Visit thesundevils.com backslash virtual 5K to register. We continue now on the Maroon Monsoon, the Sun Devil Radio Network's new Thursday night program this fall that highlights Arizona State University athletics. I'm Tim Healy, your host, welcoming you back to tonight's show. Arizona State baseball coach Tracy Smith will be joining us in the second half hour of this evening's broadcast. But for now, we continue our conversation with first-year ASU assistant football coach Robert Rodriguez in charge of the Sun Devil defensive line and Coach, uh, there are some people who say that the defensive line is going to be a key to the team's success this year. Some call it a positional, a, a positional question mark for ASU. What say you? How do you think your guys are responding to the challenges being put there for them?
2: Well, my guys are responding to the challenge by working their tails off. And those guys are fully committed to changing the narrative around here about what this D-line has been all about. Um you know, to me, I, I don't like putting predictions out there or saying what well, we will be or won't be. And what I do know is we're going to be improved and we're going to play with great passion and great effort and great technique. And so, you know, the way we – and it's true. What we do determines how our the, uh, defensive uh, defense as a whole is going, to build, is going to play. And, again, those guys know that. So, on a daily basis, I put that responsibility on their shoulders. And what we do and the way we go – uh, is going to direct traffic for the rest of this defense. And like I said, if we're going to be the team that we want to be, we're going to have to be consistent and aggressive and disciplined on defensive lines. So I'm excited to see us go out there and get that done. After
1: two seasons playing in a 3-3-5 scheme under uh, former defensive coordinator Danny Gonzalez, who's now the head coach at New Mexico, the Sun Devils this year transitioning back to a base defense with four down linemen under co-coordinators Marvin Lewis- and Antonio Pierce. How's that transition gone for your guys so far?
2: I think it's it's gone well, especially for the inside guys. Those guys are used to playing as defensive tackles. Um, I think it's going to help guys, certain guys that had to play uh, that hybrid role of tackle defensive end um, because those guys are probably better inside the tackles than they are outside the tackles. And, you know, the hard part is, is getting in, getting guys who can play the end position for every snap. And um, we've done it with getting guys that are linebackers and moving them inside and moving guys outside. And so we've had to manufacture that. But I think there's guys who are really, you know, for some guys, it's a great move. And so we, we found some candidates, the guys that can get it done. And, and I'm excited about these. I think the guys have done a great job. We've got a ways to go. I still have a high standard for this group. And we've got to keep pushing because I think we can be, we can be a really good bunch.
1: Speaking of that bunch, Robert, let's uh, get your thumbnail sketches on some of your D linemen in the meeting room. Uh, To begin, if you had to identify one current ASU lineman who could emerge as a breakout quarterback tormentor in 2020, there are two in particular that come to my mind. The first would be honorable mention All-Pac-12 junior Jermaine Lole, who after playing defensive end last year has moved inside to a three-technique position this year. What do you see in Jermaine?
2: You know, with Jermaine, I see somebody who is a absolutely natural pass rusher. He has a great feel uh, for how to defeat blocks, how to defeat the man in front of him. You know, one of the things that happen in that three-three-five is that you they play down the middle quite a bit. So getting him and also putting him out in space, those are two things that aren't very good for pass rushers like Jermaine, guys who are quick. Guys who are strong and, and certainly very balanced. So putting him on a guard, putting him in leverage, and putting him on edges is, I think, going to be great for him. And I think he, so far in our scheme, he's he has been that which you talked about a quarterback a quarterback tormentor and also somebody who is a consistent mismatch along that offensive line. It's tough for guards to block him consistently and so he wins at a high rate if we can continue to get the matchups that we want and there's certain things that we're going to do as coaches to make sure that we get those matchups uh that guy should do some good things for us this year
1: the other gentleman i had in mind uh that could become actually he's been i think a good pass rusher in his first two years junior tyler johnson had six and a half sacks, over 13 tackles for loss in two years as a linebacker. Of course, I think our fans know the story. He retired in January due to injuries, only to return to the team several months later and uh, now playing at a defensive end position.
2: Yeah, Tyler's got a great skill set. He really does. And, and I, I keep telling him, I said, hey, dude, six and a half sacks over two years ain't good. All right. We want double digit sacks. We want to get you so good that you can be in that conversation. Uh, Tyler's got a really good skill set you know Tyler also when he wants to go is impressive physical um, really does a is just a big man with good balance and good athletic abilities smart guy, and so he can diagnose and see quite a bit of things and you know so he's been able to have a lot of position versatility he's played i mean he showed me his high school highlight that dude was catching passes punting he did everything on the field but play d-line so he was just awesome but you know the transition to what we're doing he's doing a good job really is and this last week i think was his best week he's done a lot of good things for us uh but tyler has a lot of potential i really hope you know, for his sake, that he just remains consistent and then continues to just dedicate himself to what we're doing because there's a lot of habits that have built up in him that I think have held him back from being great. And good is the enemy of great. We constantly say it as as, as a staff, as the players here, you know, I don't want you to be good, Tyler. I want you to be great. I want you to go out there and, and really have put together uh, the best season that you've ever had in your entire life. And he's really done a good job of committing to what we're doing going out there practicing and practicing through you know like i said discomfort because like i said when you go out there and throw your body around it's different being a linebacker you can't hide when you're <laughs> up front on that line it's a lot more physical he's fought through it and he's done a good job
1: robert i like the two guys you have at the top of your depth chart at the nose uh dj davidson 320 pound junior may be the most unsung player on your defense And there are some, I think, who feel that the guy right behind him, 300-pound T.J. Pesifea, may be the most improved player on the defensive side of the ball.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, I had no idea that, you know, obviously, D.J. had seen film. I watched every game from last season. Uh, Really liked D.J., thought he was a good player. But I did not see the player that I've seen now on film. When I watched film, I saw a player, I said, you know, this big dude can move pretty well. He can run really good for a big guy. I did not give him enough credit for being a powerful player. What he could do with his hands, you know, teaching him how to use his hands, have his feet pumping through the ground. He is a powerful, powerful man with good feet. So he's got a skill set that I'm excited to work with. I've seen him do some stuff on the field. I'm really excited for the fans to see what he can do when he really gets his hands on people. And sometimes it's not going to show up on the stat sheet, but if you're watching the game, if you're watching what's happening, he creates for people around him. And he's done an unbelievable job. And TJ has been nothing but a a treasure to me. I think that guy's been outstanding. His teammates are excited about what he's doing. He's a great, great player. He reminds me of of some of the players I I had with the Vikings that are just making people around them better. Uh, Everybody agrees with you that he's the most improved guy in my group. I wasn't here. And that's one of the things when I got here is I told everybody, guys, it's a clean slate. You get to write your own story now so what you've done in the past does not pertain to me. I want you to give me all you got and you get to write your own story and TJ is the poster child for that. He has written a great story. He is respected in the in our room. Guys want him to play. Guys are excited for him to go out there and when he's out there, I don't see a backup. I see a starter and he's gotten starter reps. There'll be times when he's out there with TJ and uh, with DJ and we got those guys out there and he makes us better. That guy is another extension. When he's on the field, I feel like we have starters out on the field.
1: You know, another guy that I think can write his own story for you, Coach, is a fellow that oozes potential. He's had injury issues. Stanley Lambert, six uh, four defensive end, came here as a linebacker, had a serious knee injury a couple of years ago. He's up now from, I think, 211 pounds to about 235. What have you seen so far from Stanley in fall camp?
2: You know, Stanley has shown unbelievable – he's made unbelievable strides even just from the spring when I got him. You know, Stanley's a person that – you know, I'm proud of Stanley because he's made strides not just on the field but in his personal life. He's had to rearrange the way he organizes his day, the way he thinks about – and plans his day, the way he thinks about his daily routine. You know, I've asked him to mature really fast and he has given me nothing but effort and enthusiasm. He's a great guy to be around. He is still developing, but he has done some things on the field that tell me this guy can be a premier pass rusher if he continues to develop. He has all the tools. He's long, extremely fast. You know, this guy's got good quickness, and he can run about – two feet off the ground. I mean, he looks like that. He looks like an airplane when he gets going. And so he's a matchup issue. We just have to continue to develop him as a defensive lineman, using his hands, uh, understanding pass rush, because when he executes it, it's outstanding. But continue just to help him to understand what it's like to be a defensive lineman. I'm proud of him. I'm I'm excited to see him out on the field. I think I hate putting too many expectations on young guys so fast because it's all so new to him. But Stanley Mm -hmm. Lambert deserves a lot of recognition because he's, he's put himself in a place to compete for playing time and, and he deserves it. He's done a great job.
1: You got a guy on the other end, Shannon Foreman. The word (laughs) I think of him is consistent. You know, he just keeps plugging away game in game out for the last four years. And uh, here he is starting as a senior.
2: You know, Shannon's also, he's a warrior. You know, he's overcome a lot. He's had, he's had injuries. He's had all kinds of things happen and like you said, Shannon shows up to work every single day. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Shannon as a person. Uh, just love him to death. And, and to watch him go out there and throw his body around do good things, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's another example of just having good people in your, in your room makes everybody better. And I do know this. He's got a touchdown in his career, but he doesn't have a sack. And so I'm, I, I am hell-bent on helping Shannon get that first sack. And teaching him what it takes to get himself to the quarterback. And you know, so far Shannon's done a good job. I know he's rushing better than he's ever rushed. So we just gotta hope 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 that everything the stars align, we get him in position to get a couple sacks this year.
1: Indeed, I think he had an interception touchdown and an opener against uh, UT San Antonio just a couple of years ago. Real quick, Robert, you have five redshirt or true freshmen in your group, players like tackle Stefan Wright, ends Anthony Cooper, Amiri Johnson. Those fellows got a brief taste of action last year, while you have four-star recruits Joe Moore and Omar Norman Law to join the program this year. From that group, uh, any one or two that you think can become a significant contributor this year?
2: All those guys. um, I think, you know, Steph obviously is all right now. He's our backup three technique. Omar is challenging. So both those guys will play for us. I I wouldn't expect Omar to sit on the bench and watch things happen. That dude's got a great skill set as well. So both those guys, I'm excited about their future and their potential. They're different, but at the same time, they give us some weapons there. And just like Jermaine, you know, those guys are big powerful guys with some quickness and they got to continue to hone in on their pass rush to make them more consistent and winning there. But they've already done some great things for us. Uh, Joe Moore, only in this last week. First of all, Joe Moore is a tremendous person, great kid, just just steady Eddie, great work ethic. But uh, you know, when he showed up, I thought, you know, this guy not as athletic as I thought. No, it was he was processing things at the time. He's just a young guy. As he's gotten more comfortable with what we're doing. Uh, his skills have all started to flourish. They've all come out to the forefront. I think Joe can be a really good player for us as he continues to mature. We can help him. And then Amiri. Amiri is a guy that I have high hopes for. I think Amiri, really long guy, can move, can run. You know, I, he doesn't compare to some of the guys I've coached before, but I just love his skill set. Love the kid as a person. I think that kid's going to give me his all, and we're going to get him there. And so again you know we just got to keep plugging away with Amiri but I think all those dudes are are really going to have a good future and then you mentioned Anthony Cooper who I've been really high on I I think people know uh Cooper's done an unbelievable job unbelievable job and he might be competing with TJ uh, the most improved guy from last year because Anthony has just through the roof come in here the last couple weeks and, and just shined a whole bunch and He's doing, you know. He really buys in. When I when I teach something, I see it in action right away with Anthony. And some of the things that I'm teaching have really, I think he's taken it to him like a duck to water, and it's showing out there on the field. And he's a tough kid, can play inside and outside. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about Coop as well.
1: Terrific insights from Coach Robert Rodriguez, the Sun Devils' first-year defensive line coach. Great to have you at Arizona State, Robert. Enjoy that backyard atmosphere at the house, and uh, thanks for joining us tonight.
2: Man, it's a privilege. I'll be back here if you guys need me, okay? Forks up.
1: Let's do it. All right. That's uh, Sun Devil (laughs) defensive line coach Robert Rodriguez, our guest on the Maroon Monsoon. Hey, fans, you have to order the Maroon or Gold Devil deals from Venezia's Pizzeria for a chance to win an awesome prize pack courtesy of Sun Devil Athletics and Coors Light. Visit finetzias.com slash devildeals to learn more. Up next, we'll be talking baseball as seventh-year Sun Devil head coach Tracy Smith joins us. But first, these messages on the Sun Devil Radio Network.
0: You're listening to the Arizona Four Dealers Maroon Monsoon. Now, back to our host, Tim Healy.
1: We welcome you back to the Maroon Monsoon here on the Sun Devil Radio Network, and uh, we're glad you joined us this evening. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's my privilege and pleasure to serve as the radio voice for three Arizona State sports. We talked Sun Devil football last segment with assistant coach Robert Rodriguez. Next week, we're going to talk basketball when Sun Devil head coach Bobby Hurley will be among our guests on the Maroon Monsoon. Now for the next half hour or so, we're talking Sun Devil baseball. And who better to talk with than the gentleman who will begin is beginning his seventh season as the Devil's head coach? It's a pleasure to welcome Coach Tracy Smith to the show. Skip, how you doing? How's your health and that of your family and your team?
3: Everybody's good. Thanks for asking. And you look healthy and young and all that stuff there too. But oh, yeah, sure. it's uh, it's been a while since we've seen each other. We didn't get to talk yeah, all last spring.
1: I know, uh, because that's what I wanted to do, was just flip the calendar back to early March. Uh, Things were looking so good. You were 13-4. and You were ranked ninth in the country, had a squad that I think a lot of us felt had Omaha potential for sure. And then comes the global coronavirus pandemic, which brought all collegiate sports to an abrupt halt. Uh, How did you and your players process all that? As Herm told us a couple weeks ago, I don't think there's a chapter in the how to be a – College sports coach book that prepares you for dealing with a worldwide health pandemic is there?
3: No, I, I mean if if I had to sum it up in one word, I'd say anybody that you talked with this, whether it be a coach or an administrator, or probably any other segment of our society, the word to me would be flexible. Because you know, you you you, you try to lay plans, you put the plans in place, you try to execute those plans, and then literally within a matter of minutes, hours, days, whatever—that that whole situation could change. So we've talked to our kids about just being disciplined um, and and having a good attitude about it. Because if you really let that sink in, just as you described, I mean, I've had a lot of people reach out to me when the season got shut down, the off season, and say, "You got to be sick to your stomach because you know." I thought, yeah, I think we have a pretty good team. You got to be good, you got to be lucky. So a lot of things would have to to line up to to make a run at Omaha. But we, we felt like. You know, for the first time since we've been here, we really had all the pieces. But, you know, you can't sit back and worry about what didn't happen because you have no control over that. So we've tried to get our guys, and that's guys including coaching staff, players, everybody within the program is, hey, what happened happened. All you can do is is, is really refocus on how you handle that. And, and for us, it was on to the next year. I mean, we, 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 we knew we were going to lose a significant portion of – you know, of our team, some veterans. But you know what? That doesn't account for anything or mean anything uh, when we line up to play uh, this February. So we feel like we're in pretty good shape and looking forward to it.
1: Now, of course, we're getting football just about ready to kick off uh, November 7th. Uh, Basketball tips off right around Thanksgiving. Other winter sports, wrestling included, uh, probably starting at the first of the year. And then it'll be baseball season again. I'm just curious, what kind of Baseball season? Do you think we'll have in twenty twenty one? Do you think uh, that'll start? uh, The season will start later than usual. Will it be mostly, if not exclusively, conference games? What What are you anticipating in that regard?
3: Well, I mean, honestly, kind of what I just said. uh, You you know, you 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 play through all of the scenarios in your mind. I think we, as a conference, in terms of conference coaches, we meet. I mean, I think everybody is, and I say everybody in terms of the head coaches in the pack. We, we are adamant about keeping the 56 game schedule, if possible. But you know, as I think all of us has learned, this is bigger than all of us. The one thing that we've tried to, I think, impress upon people, and I get it. You know, the you know when a program and Football is is certainly the, the, the one that drives the you know drives the whole machine at each university, but what I've tried to make people realize and, and they certainly do is like look this isn't the first time for us. Like, you know, we we missed a season. We we made a you know, we, we, we kinda got beat up a little bit last year. So if at all possible and I know our administration agrees the same thing that you know, we want to try to keep, keep the 56. And I would think that I'm speaking for all spring sports that lost their seasons, not just baseball, is that we've been through this. Our kids have suffered that piece of it. Now, not suffering at the level of I know in real life, but in the world of sport that we're dealing with, when you're talking about the, you know, 18, 19, 27-year-old kids losing a, losing a season of competition, which is why they play, that can have some effect on them, you know, on the mental side of it. So as it stands right now, Tim, I mean – I've heard nothing uh, with regard to, you know, shorting the season, canceling the season. To say that's not going to be in the future, I I, I have no idea. Uh, As we've learned, things change drastically. But I think we would be prepared to pivot and move in whatever direction we needed to. um, Because uh, to to even think about not playing again, (laughs) I don't even want to think about that. I don't even want to think about that
1: i don't want to think about that either just a, an indicator of how good your 2020 club was and would have been you know back in june an asu record five sun devil players chosen in the first four rounds of the abbreviated 2020 major league baseball draft and of course the big news your star slugger spencer torkelson the number two home run hitter all time in arizona state history the number one draft pick in this year's major league draft the fourth sun devil all time to go number one, where does torque going number one rank in your meaningful moments as a head coach, Skip?
3: Well, it's never happened for, you know, to have someone like that. It was pretty special because in the midst of all of the, um, you know, I, not disappointment is what I would say. And the disappointment of not being able to play the little bit of the, the silver lining, because we were saying, Hey, we think we've got a chance to be really good. And we thought we were really good. And then, when the draft, I think, validated some of the, you know, it's easy to say that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the draft validated what we were saying is we had a pretty special group here in Tempe and we're really looking forward to it. But to have him go one, one, um, you know, we kind of dominated the baseball news cycle there, you know, for a few weeks. And so that was kind of neat. And, you know, and there's offshoots with that. But, you know, that was pretty special because that's never happened. Had, you know, guys taken certainly in the top picks, but never the one, one. So pretty cool.
1: Not only that, but, uh, of course, infielder Alika Williams was the 37th overall pick chosen by the uh, American League champion, Tampa Bay Rays. Outfielder Trevor Hover going third in the third round to the New York Yankees, who are going to convert him, I think, into a second baseman. Gage Workman, your superb third baseman, joined Torque with the Detroit Tigers and your closer last year, R.J. Dabovich, taken in the fourth round by the San Francisco Giants. What does that do? That, that has to be a wonderful hit for your program when you have five players drafted in the first four rounds and as you said uh it played a big part in the n- baseball news cycle there for several days in mid-june
3: yeah i mean and it was you know a weird draft to begin with because when we took the major league draft from 40 rounds and reduced it to five and there was speculation it was going to be 10 and you know, all the things going back and forth. But when you think about a five-round draft and you have five guys go in that and you just had the top four rounds, it's pretty special. And I, I, Like I said, I think it was one of the most historic. But um, what that also did, though, is we, we had projected we were probably going to lose anywhere between 12 and 14 guys total. So that left a significant number of guys coming back that wouldn't have given the COVID circumstance. So, yeah, while it was well, it's pretty special, pretty cool, and, it, you know, it certainly has had offshoots in recruiting. I mean, that why, and why wouldn't it? We brand ourselves as MLBU, and I think, we, you know, we proved that again, and we would have loved to have proved it on the field. Um, but it did. It, I, I think from the recruiting standpoint, that attention was uh, certainly, you know, helpful and, and uh, led to some nice conversations in the offseason as well with, with potential kids
1: not only returning Sun devils but a lot of recruits that you uh, signed are are now here the kids you might have lost to the draft are now in the maroon and gold for this season right
3: yeah well and you know it's funny going back to the Tigers thing I saw a lineup the other day uh, someone sent a screen out of the the uh, game they were gonna play so you had torkelson playing third on one team because they moved into third and then you had workman playing third now the one recruit that didn't show up on campus was our other he was also a third baseman so the tigers all had they, they they liked asu in the third base but yeah i mean it allowed some of the guys that we maybe didn't think or possibly think but when when all was said and done we figured we were going to probably lose a couple which we ultimately did um and it kind of played out like we well, like we thought but yeah we liked the group of kids they done a real good job we're in the second week of fall ball right now i'm sure we'll probably talk about that but we're in the second week of that and you know just having some of the you know the swiftiness some of that leadership and boyd van and brady corrigan some guys that you didn't expect to be here back in a part of your team they're almost like you know many assistant coaches out there would make our job a lot easier
1: Tonight's broadcast of the Maroon Monsoons brought to you in part by Lyft. Thank you, Lyft, for being a proud Sun Devil Athletics partner. Still more to come with Coach Tracy Smith. When we return, Skip will give us a sneak peek at his 2021 Sun Devil squad, which, as he just said, is through going through fall ball right now. And spoiler alert, there's still a lot of talent in that Devil's clubhouse. But first, let's take a break on the Sun Devil Radio
0: Network. <laughs> You're listening to the Arizona Ford Dealers Maroon Monsoon. Now, back to our host, Tim Healy. Hey,
1: And Here's a reminder. You can keep up with our radio play-by-play team on Twitter and Instagram by following at SunDevilPBP. I'm Tim Healy, thanking you for joining us tonight as we continue our conversation with ASU head baseball coach Tracy Smith. In the last segment, Skip, we talked about the players you won't have in 2021, the talented quintet that got drafted into the big leagues in June. Now we're going to talk about the players you do have on board for the upcoming season. And a good place to start, I think, is with your fourth-year senior infielder, Drew Swift, who's always been a good glove man, but in the abbreviated 2020 season, man, he came alive offensively, finished with the team best 365 batting average.
3: And quite frankly, from what we've seen in the limited uh, time, this has not missed a beat. He is playing um, at a different level right now. I mean, the str- the strength, he still looks like the typical Swifty, you know, the... You know, 150 pound. He'll he, he'll tell me weighs more than that. But you know, soaking wet. But he is playing. Honestly, it's 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 impressive. And I'm I'm pretty critical on these guys. And I would say I'm hard to impress. But he's really really impressed me. Always been a good defender. It just even seems like the arm strength is better. uh He's been hitting you know home runs in our inner squads and you know even BP. He, he it's impressive. And uh so we moved him over to short with the absence of Alika, and we feel like. I mean, I'll say it. I, I think we got one of the, if not the best, shortstop in the country.
1: That's a great place to start. Certainly also behind the plate, you got a couple of veteran catchers and Nick Chima and Sam Ferry coming back. And then you also recruited a kid, uh, Logan Postian, the number one rated catcher in the state of Oregon. So it looks like you're pretty uh, deep behind the plate.
3: Yeah, we feel we feel good about that. We're a little banged up in fall. I mean, we we, we think we'll be okay come springtime, but – Logan's dealing with a little injury right now, and Sam's still coming off of, as you recall, his season was cut short last year with knee surgery, and he'll be released, uh, I think, before we release full go before we uh, finish fall ball. But Nick is going at it, and of course, uh, with Baez, we move back there so that we can do the inner squads. But yeah, I, I mean, I honestly feel like we've got four four guys back there who could catch and be a starting catcher at a Division one program anywhere, and we're just lucky that they're that they're here.
1: If I looked at your roster correctly, of the 15 pitchers that towed the rubber for the Sun Devils a year ago, every one of them is back, with the exception of R.J. Dabovich, who was drafted by the Giants. Uh, Whom do you see emerging as some of the leaders of the staff? You mentioned your veteran Boyd Vanderkoy, who uh, was outstanding last year in the abbreviated season. Southpaw lefty Eric Tolman, I thought, took a big step forward in his development. Who are some of the guys you expect to see lead your pitching staff?
3: Well, a couple you've mentioned so far, certainly Boyd. You know, it's, been, it's, it's really fun when you can sit back and you watch guys grow from the freshman year into the, where, and where they are when they get time in your program. But Boyd was phenomenal for us. But he's also taken that next step on the leadership piece and really doing a great job of leading the staff. Uh, I think Eric Tolman's probably taken one of the biggest jumps. You said he took a jump last spring. He's even taken a bigger jump. Um, up to this point the velocity's up a tick I mean he's been up you know, in the mid 90s you know those types of 95s and very competitive kids so I'm excited about that our, our last year Cooper Benson freshman was pitching out of I guess he's still a freshman given the COVID stuff uh, pitching mm-hmm. out of the Friday, uh, Friday spot but Cooper's looked good and of course Thornton Justin Fall had a chance to sign in a draft last year but declined that to come back and you know improve his status and be a part of you know our team again so we feel um, the strength of our I, I do believe the strength of our team this year is going to be on the mound and we feel like we can run 10 guys deep that are going to be pretty pretty high quality uh, particularly in this conference so we, we feel good about that
1: talking about high quality a couple of transfers I wanted to get some quick thoughts from you uh, Connor Davis an infielder from Auburn Projects as, I think, a solid middle-of-the-order bat for you, doesn't he? And then Aubrey Major, an outfielder who was an outstanding player at Xavier, the Big East uh, player of the year, picked him preseason a year ago. Tell us about those two fellows.
3: Well, I mean, first, you know, with with um, with Connor, he was, I, I think, probably one of the top guys, as you know, with the, the, the COVID legislation, they granted kids extra year of eligibility and all that. And, and he's um, – he's been phenomenal this fall and, and, and and truly when you get a chance to meet him, um, you're going to feel like he's been here for four years. I mean, it's, it's, it's impressive how he really, really good player is going to be, as you said, more than likely a middle of the order bat for us, but he is going to provide, believe it or not, like almost like veteran leadership that now we're relatively young this year, a lot of new faces. So it's an easy transition as a, as an older player, regardless of whether you've been here to kind of, you know, um, exhibits some of that experience piece, but it just feels like that kid's played for us for three or four years. Because and he even called me when he got here, and of course, COVID didn't allow a lot of face-to-face contact. He's like, "Hey, coach, can you know can we hang out? I want to meet you and get to know you better." And I'm thinking, what, "Am I not supposed to be saying that to him?" Uh, but he's he's a he's one of the top bats in the country. Was their four-hole hitter for a World Series team. So I don't I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be Torkelson, but we feel like we're going to have a a really good replacement uh, at that. And then Aubrey Major was a uh, projected player of the year, as you said. And, in fact, when Xavier played out here before, didn't know a lot about him, but I can remember we were in office dugouts at that time, and he made a couple spectacular plays in left field and got some hits against us. And I remember specifically saying to our coaching staff, like, I would take that guy right there. And then ultimately, you know, he he winds up on our campus. So, yeah, we feel like we got a couple good offseason pickups there. In just
1: a minute or two we have left, I want to quickly mention a couple of legacy Devils. Uh, Outfielder Cade Higgins out of Las Vegas, his dad Kevin Higgins, a former Sun Devil infielder who now the hitting coach at UNLV, and a young man by the name of Kai Murphy, the son of former Sun Devil head coach Pat Murphy, is now a pitcher on the Sun Devils transferring in from Oregon State.
3: Well, I said it would be an interesting talk when you asked me about that. First with Cade, I mean, phenomenal kid. Baseball player, you can tell he's a coach's son. I mean, Kevin was tough and is tough and all that. And you can tell, um, but yeah, I mean, with, with, with Kai, uh, with what Murph had, had done here and, you know, of course he was at Oregon state last year and we thought, I'll just say this, like we thought we were bringing in a, a pitcher that was going to pitch some for us in a situation stuff and maybe stick in some pinch hits or whatever. But I've been unbelievably impressed with his offensive approach and what he's been able to do so we feel like he's going to compete for some starting innings for us just happy to have him there and then we get murph around the ballpark too so we like that too
1: boy that's a double win isn't it that's outstanding oh, always great. great to chat with you skip uh, we'll have to have you on talk about the rest of the club that we could go on for hours talking baseball with you thanks for joining us best of luck this season
3: well i miss you tim anytime let me know
1: you betcha. Thanks to Tracy Smith, Sun Devil Head Baseball Coach, for joining us. That'll do it for tonight's show. Thanks to our engineer, Sean Crespin, our in studio coordinator, Cody Fincher. Thanks to Tim Cassidy from Sun Devil Football and ASU Baseball Operations Director, Danny Stolper, for their help as well. We'll be back next Thursday night at 7, at which time we'll be joined by Sun Devil Head Basketball Coach, Bobby Hurley. Till then, I'm Tim Healy.
0: Thanks for joining us. So long, everybody. That was the Arizona Ford Dealers Maroon Monsoon, brought to you by Arizona Ford Dealers. Visit BuyFordNow.com and Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Gila River bleeds maroon and gold and is Arizona's official sports headquarters. This Sun Devil Athletics program is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by MidFirst Bank.